Next on BYU Sports Nation, now entering the December to remember eight games for BYU this month, all inside Utah. It starts tonight in Logan. What do the Cougars think of playing in the Spectrum? Plus, former NBA star Jeff Judkins back from Hawaii and joining us live, as will dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the newest star of Studio C, Jerem Jordan. Huge announcement, I'm joining the cast. No, You're I'm famous. Not. No, I'm not. You're right. Uh, I did have a cameo on there last night, though. It was fun. I was a cop. In a in a, like a Twitter skit, yeah, I enforce the law. That's what I do on this program. Um, I used, I actually, uh, they asked last minute, I changed, but I almost used your Halloween costume actually from 2013, which we were on radio, not TV, so we didn't get to see your cop out, we, we outfit. Did, we did uniform. tweet out a picture, special cop is what we called it. Literally, the the hat that I, that I wear <laughs> says oh, it special, said special cop. It says on special it. police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it yep. was it was fun. Awesome. How long were you on camera? <laughs> like 3.8 seconds. Nice. You have any lines or anything? It was all ad lib. So, so I'm letting, you know, uh, Jeremy and Steven and something. I'm like, hey, get out of this party or whatever. And they're like, well, no, I did that. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. That's just what I kept saying to them. We need to watch this. We need to, we need to, we'll tweet this out. We will find it. We will some, somehow, some way this week. We will we will isolate that vine. <laughs> it's <laughs> and then you'll, you'll it, vine that and tweet it out. We'll nice. pull it up on the computer and I'll shoot it with my phone and I will vine it. I'm not. I, I uh, just downloaded Vine for the first time like a week or two ago. I'm trying to get into that. I'm trying to vine a little bit. I feel so old and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to vine. I waste so much time sometimes on Vine. My wife and I will just sit there and be like, oh, well, look at this one. Look at this. Just turn yours down. Shh. Look at this one. People are unbelievably clever in six seconds. Oh yeah, it's incredible. That is incredible. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. Please stay with us for longer than six seconds. <laughs> or 3.8 seconds. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Start it off with today's Twitter question. Listen, people. BYU has a big December of basketball games. All in the state of Utah. Eight games, in fact. So we ask, what will BYU basketball's December, rec- December record be? So, okay, look at the games. Nice. Put on the goggles. The, here are the games. At Utah State tonight. Hawaii on Saturday, Utah at Weber State, Stanford, UMass, Gonzaga, Portland. So BYU is staying in the whole the state of Utah. They play two road games, one neutral. Okay. First What's tweet in from at Tasha Lynn 19. You have the blue goggles on. Eight no! Hashtag blue goggles. <laughs> for the rest of the tweet, I need to take these off. Realistically, I'm hoping for <laughs> six and two-ish. I'd be thrilled with seven and one. Gonna be a tough month. The least likely game to win is obviously. Gonzaga at home. Uh, Gonzaga, was, by the way, I was like, uh. a guy in church is like, hey, if you want people to listen, just have a dramatic pause. So I threw that in there. <laughs> His talk was amazing, by the way. I, was, I wanted to scream amen a couple times. It was awesome. Gonzaga, fantastic. BYU plays a lot of awesome home games, too. Tonight is BYU's first road game. So use the hashtag BYU and what will BYU's basketball record be in the month of December? At Boney Fuller sent you a tweet, Jim. Oh, here, uh, where is it? 8 0. Use this tweet at Jerem Jordan. You know you want to. <laughs> That's, that, I read it like, I, like it looks. 
BYU an 11 seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, oh, by the way. I don't care that the Cougars only seven games into the season. Tourney train is rolling already. 43 on the S-curve. What does BYU have to do in December to become a single-digit seed? That is the question, In the NCAA tournament. We'll discuss that very question today. With that said, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. The December to remember begins. I kind of break December up into two, uh, kind of in the two months, really, because it's pre-finals and then, you know, I have post-finals. And, and uh, our, our schedule, both the front end and the back end, are really important for us. Talked to Dave Rose yesterday in media availability. Asked him about uh, a month long of not having to travel outside of the state of Utah. And then he responded with the two different seasons within December, the pre-finals season and the post-finals season, okay, which is so, interesting. So that's four and four. At Weber State, would, December 13th, that's the last of the first four, pre-finals, and then post-finals. Listen to the post-finals. Stanford, UMass, Gonzaga, Portland. Holy cow. All at home. All in All Provo. If you're BYU, the cost of getting good home games is playing them around Christmas. At an inconvenient time. They did, they did this last year. And fans. Yeah, that's They fun. were all on the road. Yeah. And that, it's, listen, you just want great home games. You don't care when they are. You don't say, well, we're not going to play Stanford and UMass because they're not at a convenient time for us. No, you just play them. And so, big December. I, I think that if BYU can go 6-2, and two, win three of those four big home games, you're talking about the possibility of a single-digit seed. Getting wow. a nine. Right? Yeah. That, the reason that BYU went to the Sweet 16 with Jimmer is because they were a three seed. Because then they played a 14 and an 11, people. That's the way you advance in the tournament, is get a good seed you initially. Get a better seed. BYU didn't win. They didn't win a game. They didn't lose a game they weren't supposed to or win a game they weren't <coughs> supposed to, right? They beat the, those teams. So if BYU in December can have a good December, and it starts tonight against Utah State. You can get resume games, and then now we're talking in March. A month-long NCAA tournament resume-building month. Booyah. Jerem just addressed the games. It includes a game at Utah State, the first real road game, the rest were neutral in Hawaii, and home games against Utah, Stanford, UMass, Gonzaga. That is incredible that BYU has that slate all in such a short amount of time relatively when you look at the, the entire course of the season. Good teams coming to the Marriott Center, in, and it, BYU has a real opportunity to win important games on their home floor. They couldn't do it last year on the road in December. Now they're home. Yeah, and BYU lost one game at home last year by two points to Iowa State, who was ranked. Now you have a chance with some good teams. Not all those guys will be ranked, right? Right now Utah's ranked, right? Gonzaga should be ranked. Uh to boost your resume, because in conference, St. Mary's is not the same. You're only getting two tournament resume builders with Gonzaga. You hope to split. A split would be fantastic, in fact. I think Gonzaga is fantastic right now, and it's good for the conference that they are good. You want Gonzaga to beat Arizona on the road this Saturday. That'd be a huge win. But tonight starts it for BYU. So, so my, my, pick's, my pick is around 6-2. and two. I think 7-1 would be a fantastic. 5-3 and three wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But you want several of those notable wins, especially the home games. If you can win most of the home games, you're in business. BYU will probably be favored in six of the eight games. Utah is going to be a toss-up because it's in Provo. Okay, if we're at Utah, Utah would be favored. They should be favored by a little bit. Okay, so that will be close. 
Gonzaga is going to be favored. They're a top 10 For basketball sure. team right now. Okay. I think because BYU is so tough at home, and the majority of these games are at home, 7-1. and one. Like, le- legitimately, 7-1 and one would seven be fantastic. And one in December. UMass, Stanford, those would be good wins. They lost by two points, one game by two points last year, to a ranked Iowa State team at home. They won the rest. Why not go 7-1? and one? You're playing, Yeah, you're playing a tougher home slate for sure. BYU doesn't get blown out at home. They're competitive at least at home. But after you go to Hawaii and you spent some of your uh, losing capital, if you will, against San Diego State and Purdue, you were hoping to get that Purdue win. Losing to San Diego State was not a terrible thing, right? It's not the best thing. But you weren't supposed to win that game. You go to OT, you, you look good on Espen to a degree. Okay, it's not football. It's a little different. Basketball, you can lose some games like that. But that loss to Purdue means that you have to win a game that you weren't going to win another time now. Stanford, B- BYU so one of those. needs to go 7-1 and one in December because I said they would win 25 regular season <laughs> basketball games. Yes, you need that. <laughs> but, but we're overlooking maybe, maybe the most tricky one, which is tonight. Tonight! Utah State, the Spectrum. BYU hasn't won there since 2000. It's a tough place to play. I've seen BYU play three games there and lose all three. It's, it's one of the tough. iconic arenas in all of college basketball. The D. Glenn Smith Spectrum. Those, and as you mentioned, the, BYU hasn't won there since January 8th of 2000. Terrell Lede scored 35 points in an 82-73 win over the Aggies. All day Lede. Almost 15 years ago. 15. BYU 0-6 since that time. 0-2, lost in overtime. 0-3, lost by 2. They were down by 25 at half. Lost on Spencer Nelson buzzer beater. 0-4, lose by 14. 0-5, lose by 11. 2009, lose by 10. 2011, lose by 7. The last two times they've been up there, BYU scored 61 and 62. I was there in 02 as well. Some buddies were going to Utah State. Watched it in the Utah State student section. I just kept quiet. <laughs> it's such a tough place to play. Oh, yeah. I love it. I especially love those seats. The autumn colors. They look fantastic. Oh, shots fired. We're going tonight, by the way. We're making the drive up there. We're going to go to the game. Utah State fans are educated, witty, and not afraid to make you cry, make it personal. Wild Bill! Jerem's wearing purple to the game for a reason. <laughs> we'll see, man. Maybe, maybe I'll wear, maybe I'll hang out, maybe Wild Bill will go and we'll hang out. Would you hang out with Wild Bill? Sure, why not? Okay. He's, he, he is, he's a guy I ain't scared. that gets national attention because of what he does at games. Because that, be- that belly, though. It's an amazing basketball environment. Chase Fisher for BYU is a guy that has not only fired up 63-pointers in his first seven games as a Cougar, but has played in some iconic basketball arenas when he was in the ACC with Wake Forest, namely Duke. And so, as expected, Chase is looking forward to getting back to a hostile environment. Everybody's kind of hyped it up a lot, and, I mean, it's probably true. And Kyle Davis has kind of told us, you know, what we're in for. And, um, you know, I'm expecting a hostile crowd. But I think that's fun, you know, to play in an atmosphere like that and, um, I think it kind of gets you going, and everybody gets up for this game. So, and I mean, obviously, it's a road game for us too, and they play really well at home. So, you know, we're in for a dogfight. He's With, played at Duke. Who cares about Utah State? He's played at Duke. He's like, yeah, okay, I've done this before. Yeah, bring it on. I, he's one of those guys that thrives in an environment like that. I oh. just know it because of who he is. I'm more confident in BYU's ability to win this game than I am in the. Any of the other three that I went to. Okay, why? With one of the best home court advantages because in the BYU country. Because BYU has why? four scores. You're not Brock Zilstra did bless his soul. He did his best at point guard. BYU while had Matt Jimmer. Sat BYU out. had Jimmer and Tyler Haas and Noah Hartsock in 2011. They scored no. 62. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was tough. So they, I mean, they had scores then. It's just why, why? It's because they're the number one team, number one scoring team in the country. Wait, is are, it we, not? are we sure in eleven? That, no, it was the fall of eleven. So it was Jimmer was gone. It was the year after Jimmer. Brock Zilster played the point oh, in that game. Oh, that's right. That was not Jimmer's okay. uh, senior year. Two thousand nine, Jimmer was there. Freshman? Was he a freshman I, or I sophomore? Sophomore, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Still didn't win, but th- I see this team going in and winning because of their elite offense. Utah State runs a slower pace. That's Stu Morrill's thing, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This jumped off the page to me. 30.7. That's the difference in scoring average per game that BYU has over Utah State. 30.7. 95.7 points a game. BYU's number one in the country to 65.0 for Utah State. So where does that meet in Logan? BYU gets buckets. BYU gets buckets. By the way, three-point shooting, BYU's crushing it. Tied for 14th in the country. Top 10, top 15 three-point shooting team right now. Last week, BYU, uh, going into the week, the record for threes was 15 in a game. BYU went uh, 13-17, not sure against Purdue, and 15. Against Eastern Kentucky. Last week. <laughs> wow. And BYU, BYU's good at offense. Not only do they have the number one scoring team in the country, they might have the nation's leading scorer individually when all is said and done. Yeah, and four guys. The the starting backcourt plus Winder. That's the core. Those are the core four. That's what I'm going to call them now. Tyler Hawes, heard of him? You should have. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Hawes is chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. 501. Told you this yesterday. He needs 501 to break Jimmer Fredette's all-time scoring record at BYU. Okay, he had 26 against Eastern Kentucky, or as Chase Fisher says, EKU. Okay, I was like, what's EKU? EKG? <laughs> what? <laughs> Tyler Haas, how many is Tyler going to score tonight? Yeah, that, that's certainly twenty-one a, plus. You know, I don't know. People know how to. People know he's going to score. I don't feel like Tyler has to score a ton anymore because there are multiple scores. Yes, Anson Winder. That Chase, Chase Fisher, Fisher might go off yes. for ten threes. Yes, yes. that's not going to happen. But that that happened is like wow, the roof is higher than I thought. What will BYU basketball's December record be? Use the hashtag BYUS and let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At Young Tim 32. Ain't no, baby. They have learned from Maui, and Kyle Collinsworth is back. Oh, ain't no. At, I, I sound like the sheep and uh, babe. If they're eight no, are they ranked? <laughs> Baram you. Are they, are they ranked if they go eight no? If they the go eight no? Oh, surely. Okay. Yeah. At KM Bell 81. Six and two with losses to Utah. What? And either Stanford or Utah State. So he's saying that they beat Gonzaga. But lose to Utah or Stanford or Utah State. Interesting. Okay. I don't like the matchups against Gonzaga. Here's going to be BYU's problem. Post-play. BYU can rebound the ball decently, right? But they can't score in the post. They don't have a post score. The best post score on BYU's team is Kyle Collinsworth. After that, it's Tyler Haas. How many times can you get those guys in isolation? But when guys have length, two seven-footers for Purdue, a bunch of six-eight athletic guys for San Diego State, State yeah. that yields issues. No one in the WCC, minus Gonzaga, can present that kind of setup against BYU. They'll oh. thrive in the WCC. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, Dick Harmon of the Deseret News says safety Dallin Levitt for BYU football is transferring. 
Hmm. Brandon Davies, eight points, two rebounds. The 76ers are 0 and 17, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's playing. Jamming with Juddy. Jeff Judkins up next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B at BYU Broadcasting. As always, follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation, 7,500 followers and growing strong. Tonight, 8 Eastern, after further reviews on BYU TV, the guys will take a look at what happened against Cal, why BYU won in a shootout, and then uh, look ahead to maybe the bowl game. Who's BYU going to play? We're going to find out Sunday. East Carolina, Cincinnati, Memphis in the yes, mix. Yes, yes, yes. I'll play. I'd love to play any of th- any of those three teams. I've heard. I've heard multiple people say my bet's East Carolina associated with the bowl or the program. East Carolina or Memphis. So I'm not sure who it's going to be. Memphis is in line to win the AAC. If you play the AAC champion, that'd be awesome. I'm not sure I knew Memphis had a football team prior to this year. <laughs> Now they're going to win their conference. They've been one of the pleasant surprises, that's for sure. What will BYU basketball's December record be? That is our Twitter question. Use the hashtag BYUS. And at JNails21 says, 7-1, Tyler Haas is the best player in the country. Wow. He might be the best scorer. He's not the best player, but he might be the best scorer. Who is the best player in the country? Is it that Kaminsky dude from Wisconsin? I don't know. It's college basketball. If that's the best player, I have issues. Some white dude from Wisconsin (laughs) is the best player. Like College hoops used to be awesome. Joining BYU Sports Nation now, once again, it's time for Jammin' with Juddy. Jeff Judkins, former NBA star, head coach of the BYU women's basketball team. Jeff, how was Hawaii? It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. We, we didn't have the greatest weather, you know, that you expect, but um, it was a lot better than anywhere else. You know, it was 78 degrees, 80 degrees, and <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit windy, but um, it, was, it was fun. We, you know, we got a relax and spend some time with uh, some of the players' families that are, that are from there and uh, be able to go to the Polynesian Center and, and uh, go, you know, just kind of just kind of relax and kind of work on some things that we need to work on. Did you get some shaved ice? You know, it was too crowded. When I was going to go get some the day I, so you I went down there, so I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I missed out this year because there's a famous place. I can't remember the name of it, but... Um, it was pretty crowded, so we kind of passed. We're talking about BYU and Utah State tonight. This is a rivalry. Unlike football, basketball, it's just, I, I mean, football, now it's a rivalry, right? But basketball, it's been a rivalry. There's some good games. What was your experience as a player and coach playing in the Spectrum, the challenge that is those fans, that team? The Spectrum um, is one of the hardest places to play, and you're going to say, well, why, why is that? And the reason is that the fans – and how their seating is right on top of you. It's not a gap. There's not a, uh, you know, a courtside seating area. It, they're right on top of you. That's number one. And number two is that it's, it's a, when BYU and Utah go up there, it's the biggest game of the year for them. It's the Super Bowl. And, and, and they make it that way. And I'm not saying that BYU-Utah doesn't make it important to beat them, but that's not the most important game. At least it wasn't. When I played, is Utah BYU was the biggest game. So, um, but they they go up there and it's it's important and and the fans get going and they're loud. They have a lot of students um, and it's a tough place to play. Now for, for us, the time that I played, we used to in the olden days we used to play home and home. We'd play Utah State at our place. They'd play them up there. Now they don't do that anymore. But when I coached at Utah, it was, I mean, it was it was tough. It was tough up there and. I remember when BYU had the really good teams. They went up there and 
Utah State game all, all they can have. So I'm sure tonight it'll be the, it'll be a tough game. I think I think BYU is better. Um, I think that they've played good on the road. They've they've shown that going to the Maui and playing so well. But uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting thing. Dave Rose said yesterday it's fun for the fan bases and uh, for the players, but for the coaches it's a little harder to play these games. He talked about recruiting and and friendships within the state. How is it for you now as a coach when you play an in-state game like this? Would you agree with Dave? It's, it's, it's tough to play it's, it's a lot harder because we have nothing to gain. I mean, we lose to Utah State, and they blast that over every recruit saying, we beat, we beat you, we beat you. <laughs> uh, so that part of it. But here's the other side of the coin. some ways, I almost like the way it was when I played. I know it's harder. It's harder on the coach. It's tougher. But I think it's better for the fan. I think it's better for the for the players, and that is, that's one less trip you have to go out somewhere and travel. It's less money, so if we had a home and home, think of thing if we did that, then great. Then we wouldn't be playing Northridge, and the boys wouldn't be playing Little Little Rock, Arkansas. Sisters of the Poor. You know, they wouldn't be playing that. They wouldn't be playing that game because they got. But uh, Dave's right. It's it's a lot of pressure, and sometimes you look at it and you weigh it and you say, "Is it worth it?" Because, you know. This is a big game to Utah State. It's like when we played BYU-Hawaii over there, it was the biggest game of the year for them by far, and they played good, you know. And we, it was good for us. It was a great challenge, but, you know, you're getting, you're getting the best game from those guys. That's where I have so much respect for the top-ranked teams like Kentucky and the men and UConn and the women is that they're getting the best game every night, the, best, the team's giving their best effort. That'd be tough. It is. It's hard. Really tough. It's really hard. There's this low rumble. I, I don't know how much of an actual idea this is or if anyone's going to do it. Of playing some kind of Utah State championship in Salt Lake, I don't know, every year, every whatever year around, I don't know, Christmas or something, with Utah, Utah State, BYU. Maybe you get Weaver State, Southern Utah, whatever involved. Utah Valley. What, I, you what know, would I, you think of that? I would like that. It would be play, amazing, right? Like play where in the in, – in in uh, Energy Solutions yeah, in Salt Lake. I think it would be great. I think it would be a lot of fun. I think it'd be you know great excitement. Maybe during Christmas that might be a good time where we're not all traveling that far. You're and, not going to not, those elite tournaments somewhere else around yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it, you know it's getting hard. People don't realize with the West Coast Conference changing their league games so early. Like next year we we start the 17th of December. Are you what? serious? Yes. What? Wait. Why? How do you get these games in? I mean, how do we get 11 games in? In that period of time, because we, we're not going to play during final week, okay? And so you got to play eleven games before December, like tenth or eleventh. We have to play, yeah, because final week is in that. That's correct. And then we're going to play our first league game next year after final week, you know. And so it's it's a tough thing, and maybe it'll get hmm. changed. I know that uh, that we're at BYU. We're trying to say, hey, we got final week. Can we? What, 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 so you're trying to create space for finals, more space for finals. Is that why? I, I, well, I guess that's part of it, but you know, back in back in the olden days, everybody played games in finals. At BYU, that's one thing we we try not to do. That we can't do that. They don't want us to do that. We don't schedule any games during final week. We need to make sure that they have the opportunity to to do the best they can. Jamming with Juddy, Jeff Judkins on BYU Sports Nation. We are discussing rivalries within the state of Utah on the basketball level. And now uh, let's talk about the dynamic that you have to play in the Smith Fieldhouse with your team for the first time on Thursday, December 4th against UNLV. It's a non-conference game, 
But why the switch from the Marriott Center to the Smithfield House for that game? Because we have a thing called the Christmas, Christmas around, around the world. world. That then that's another issue. So they take the whole week, so now we can't schedule any games there. And and then the next week is mostly final week for everybody else but BYU. So now you can't schedule any games there. So it caused a lot of problems. So what we did this year is uh, we went. I, I went to my administrator and said, "Hey, we've got to play." Two games. We just went to Hawaii. I can't go on the road again, and for school purposes. And uh, he said, "Well, let's see if we can play a game in the Smithfield House." So we scheduled for Thursday. We thought the volleyball team would host. I feel bad about that. They they kind of got the the wrong end of that. They oh, probably yeah. should have host. But then we we tagged along with the men's team, and we're playing in the Energy Solution. We're playing uh, Colorado State, which is a very very good team. I mean, that might have, you know, maybe in the future, what, Jonathan, maybe we can play like Colorado State, both the men and women, and play them together and do something like that. But that's how we did it. And it's, it's exciting for us to, to be able to play in that facility. I'm kind of looking forward to the Smith. Um, it's, it's a little different. It will be more people will be on top of us. But, uh, you know, it'll, I mean, I played there once. So we've, you know, we've had one opportunity. Well, you debunked something, uh, that a lot of people ask me, and I know I think I know the answer, but I want to hear what you say. Why doesn't the women's basketball team play in the Smithfield House every game? Um, the answer that I would say to it is the Smithfield House is on campus, is the most used building on campus. Mm. With PE classes, with volleyball, with uh, ROTC, with, I mean, cheer. so many, yeah, cheer team, in there in the morning. gymnastics. It, it's being used constantly, and you know we're lucky enough that the men volleyball team lets us come in in these periods of time and take the court because they're not in season yet. They're kind enough to, to do that for us, but it's just so hard. It's it, it, the the. I mean, if if we came in there, then that, then then when are we going to practice? I mean, the, the court is being used. The court's being used. When I walk in the office at eight o'clock, somebody's on there, and when I leave, it, there's somebody still on there. Because your so, offices are in the Smithfield. Yeah, it, it makes it hard. Not in Maritime. Yeah, it no. makes it hard. When do you get your shooting time? I mean, what the heck? <laughs> we don't get our shooting time. I mean, that's, you yourself. Yeah, I don't get it. It's, it <laughs> I don't get the time. I mean, but that's the reason. Um, I think also the the floor is designed for volleyball, the way they've, they've done everything. There are dead it's, spots yeah, on the baseline. Yeah, there's not. There's not there are. I mean, if we, if we went there, we'd have to do a new floor. Mm-hmm. The arrangement would probably have to be a little different. Um the other part of it is we have really nice lockers, you know, at the Marriott. We've, we've got them refinished, and so why do you want to do that? And I, and I think the other thing, the Marriott is a beautiful facility. I Absolutely. mean, to, to, for how old it is and the shape that it's in, it's still, it's still one of the nicest arenas, period, in the country. 43 years old. Yeah, it, it, it amazes me that it's that old. It, you know, when I, I go in some of these newer buildings and I'm going, the Marriott's in better shape than. Than, than this play. The floor of the Marriott, Haley Steve would have never played if it wasn't for that floor, hmm. the Marriott with her knees. It's, it's, a, it's a great floor. Hmm. That's interesting. And, uh, you know, and just, it, I, I wish we could get it closer. I wish we could push a button and it all moves in closer for us so we get that. But uh, it's a great atmosphere. Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation, breaking down college basketball inside the state of Utah and the dynamic of what it's like to play at the Marriott Center and the Smithfield House and balancing schedules. And certainly you, uh, it seems like this is a stressful thing for you. How do you manage the stress of putting together a schedule 
uh, and just trying to find places to play games. It's, it's really hard. You know, you, you, that's a good question to ask Haley Steed. She's, she does my scheduling, and it's, it's hard. It's, it's trying to figure out all this stuff and, um, and then trying not to be on the road. You know, I mean, the education is an important part of BYU. People say, yeah, sure, it is. I mean, you know, my team had a 3.3 GPA average last year, and, you know, most of the girls graduate. They're on time. They try to do what they need to do. And so you're going on the road playing all these games. You're missing class, and that affects And Ashley Garfield is trying to get a 4.0 and trying to do well in school. It, it affects that. So it's hard. You know, nice thing is we have – we have a great administration that, that really lets us kind of do what we have to do. And sometimes we have to maybe they let us go somewhere and maybe play two games and pay a little more money to be able to do that. So it's, it's challenging. Prediction for tonight, BYU-Utah State. Uh, I think BYU will win the game. I think it will be a tight game until about the last Eight minutes of the game, I think BYU will run them, just wear them down. And I think, I think what you said, I think Haas, Haas could be the best scorer in the country. Period. Um, I told him the other day when I ran into, I said, "What a what a great career you've had. I mean, every night you you've scored points, and people think it's easy. It isn't. They're all go, gunning for him. They are. They are. And there's some nights you get in foul trouble. There's some nights the shot isn't going. There's some nights that people they let you they let him hold him where he can't cut and move." And the guy does it every single night. Yeah. And I think it's just his toughness. He's one of the toughest kids I've ever seen. And, he, and you know, I didn't see the game. Of course, the, their game in Maui we were playing. But I heard he, he carried him right at the end and missed a couple of shots that he normally makes. But, uh, San Diego you know, State, you talking yeah. about? Well, no, the one they played Purdue. against Purdue. 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 I saw San Diego State. It was a great game. Great game. That was a great game. And uh, I think BYU's playing well right now. Come back. The hard part is coming back from Hawaii, and they proved this Saturday night they got a good team by playing so well. It's hard. That time frame's tough, but it'll be tough up there. They'll be on Haas, and they'll be on him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it looks like Collingsworth's playing a lot better. Yeah. His, his knee's feeling better. So I think BYU will win by 12. Coach, congratulations on a couple of wins yourself for your Thank team you. in Hawaii, and uh, good luck against UNLV on Thursday in the Smithfield House. Yeah, 7 o'clock. We'd like to get some people there, so – you know, we can get that place rocking. It'd be nice. Loud and proud at the Smithfield House for BYU women's basketball as I take on the Rebels. Jeff Judkins with us. Great to have you, Coach. Thanks, Beaner. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Commercial. Welcome. Come <laughs> Up next, rather, on BYU Sports Station, Lane Fowler, the dual threat analyst. What does BYU have to do in December to get a single-digit seed? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. What does RSS stand for? Mm-hmm. Yep, I have no idea. If you know, tweet it in. Use Respectfully Superstat. <laughs> no. Really uh, simple syndication is what I'm just envisioning and I don't have an earpiece of anyone <laughs> telling all. me that or anything. What? BYU-Utah State tonight. Jeremy, you just said to me right before we came on, what's the biggest difference about tonight's game? Between- Elevation. Utah State's oh, stop Elevation. It. Just kidding. They're both at 4,500, apparently. I thought the Logan was higher up than Provo. Anyone yeah. want to tell me? I don't I'm think wrong? so. According to the internet. Maybe a little bit According higher? to the number one source of all sources, the internet. I don't know. 
Change the latitude and longitude. The, more the snow maturity up there. of the BYU players. <laughs> BYU Our players aren't good enough, so we're going to say that it because the other team is older. Okay, well, <laughs> that's why BYU has won uh, you know eight games in football last year. <laughs> it's such an advantage. Joining BYU Sports Nation now to discuss the Cougars and Aggies tonight from the D. Glenn Smith Spectrum in Logan, Utah, is dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler. Blaine, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. What's going on, guys? You know, we're just uh, hanging just, out, just sportsing, just uh, yeah, just sportsing, and, and it feels like a. It still feels like fall, so it seems like it should still be football because it's going to be fifty degrees. degrees again. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, it is football. My my Saturday night, my wife's like, "Hey, can we go to the Ward Christmas party?" I was like, "How long?" Because there's like four games on that I need, need <laughs> oh, to watch. Friday and Saturday between the Pac-12 championship game and all the SEC stuff. I'm telling you, this is one of the greatest weeks of football there is. That's we need to get BYU into the Big 12 so they can have a big weekend this coming weekend, too, with like everybody else, and then it'll all be good. Then we'll have something to do that weekend and a team to root for. BYU into the Big 12, I think that's the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> Blaine Fowler. Yeah, you, know, you, know you know I don't want it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants it from BYU. Blaine, Independence the best. Let's start with basketball tonight because uh, we've been talking about the Aggies and the Cougars thus far on BYU Sports Nation. And the month of December for BYU basketball specifically. What does BYU have to do this month in terms of winning games, win-loss record, to have a shot at a single seed digit in the NCAA tournament? Well, I, so what they've already done, I, what they did against San Diego State and, and, and how they looked in Maui, that helped. But, man, it sure would have been nice to get either that Purdue game or San Diego State game in terms of resume. And they had a chance for either of those. But – I think they gained respect because people out there are going, okay, quality opponents over in the islands, BYU looks like a a team, like an NCAA tournament team. So now they've got attention. Now they need to get, especially the games they have at home, they need to get Utah. Utah is a team that's picked to be number two in the Pac-12 this year, and they've got them on the 10th, Wednesday the 10th, at home, right? So on ESPNU, so, so, so it's a nationally televised game. I think they need to show up big in that one. Stanford, I mean, their home schedule is such a good schedule in the month of December. There isn't any reason why they can't beat Utah, Stanford, and UMass. Gonzaga's going to be a challenge. i got to admit, I've watched them twice now. They, they look like, a, in terms of talent, like a Final Four team this year. They really do. Yeah. They look better than they've looked in years. And so, so I don't know. That's an iffy one. But, but if you can come out of December with home wins against Utah, Stanford, UMass, even if you lose to Gonzaga, and I'm not saying at home, BYU's got a shot against the Zag. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and then go out of the month of December with a win over Portland at home. I think you have the attention of, of anybody that's on that NCAA tournament selection committee going, okay, looked good in Maui, competed against top teams, um, really, really good at home. And I, and I think then they just cruised to the West Coast Conference and, and finished second to Gonzaga or finished first. And, uh, and they could have a single-digit seed. But I think the month of December is huge for them because they have visible teams at home in Utah, Stanford, and UMass. Yeah, I just don't see BYU being really challenged for the number two in the WCC. I think that Gonzaga wins the league. BYU could be competitive be right there, but barring injury between these two teams, I think it's clearly Gonzaga one, clearly BYU two. So December becomes huge, and maybe we're overlooking the sneakiest big game of the month, which is tonight. BYU hasn't won in yeah. U- at Utah State since 2000, but I think this BYU team, Blaine, is adequately prepared to go in there and win. They're the number one scoring team in the country. 
You know, I, I read a stat last night, which was amazing to me, that Stu Morrill is like 120 out of 130 yes. at home. Yes. Non-conference home games, right? That's crazy. I mean, that's, that's how good they are. It, it is one of the best home environments, if not the best home environment in college basketball. It's not as big as the Marriott Center, but they're packed in there, and their student section is nuts, which is great. It, it is a great home basketball environment. And for BYU, I don't think this is an extremely talented Utah State team. I don't think it's a, they don't have as much size as we've seen Utah State have in past years. I, I like Jalen Moore at 6'8". He's a guy that's a mismatch for you because he can go down and post you up or he can, he can stretch you out to the perimeter. That fro, uh, the fro like gets in your face yep. and you're like, whoa, but, what's going on? See, with a fro, with a fro, he looks like he's 7'1 with a fro. <laughs> and so, so it's intimidating. So I like him a lot, but I don't think they're quite as talented as they've been. They certainly aren't as big as they are. They're very young. The young team, you know, um, and they're going to start a freshman and a sophomore. Moore's just a sophomore. Um, and so, I think this is the game that BYU, if they're ever going to win in the spectrum, this is the opportunity. And uh, what I want to see from BYU in the month of December, they have convinced me they can score against anybody. And we thought that that would be the case. They can score against anybody. I want to see them gradually improve their defense as everybody understands their role defensively during the month of December so that when they play a Gonzaga and maybe the Zags are defending them really well and they're not scoring at a torrid pace, they can stay in a ball game because they can get some stops. And so, so that to me, that's what I want to see develop over this month of December. And it starts tonight at Utah State. This is a team that BYU should be able to defend. Um, I don't think BYU's going to have a problem scoring, but they've got to be able to defend them. And the key in the spectrum is to play well early. Like, you can't let that crazy crowd get into it. So you need to go out and score and get some stops right, out of the, right after the, the tip and quiet that crowd down a little bit. Once you take that crowd out, then, then BYU would have an easier time. Blaine, you just said that Utah State might have the best home court in all of college basketball. Every yeah. ACC fan everywhere is now scoffing at that statement. Not that they're hey, listening been, to BYU Sports been, Nation. I've been in Cameron Indoor. I've been at Wake Forest. I've, I've been um, uh, in Rupp Arena in Kentucky. I have been at Syracuse multiple times in the Carrier Dome playing there. Um, None of them are better. None wow. of them are better in the spectrum. Why? There's a, lot, there's a lot of tradition in those places and a lot of history because they've had some unbelievable basketball teams. But the environment and the pressure that the fans put on the opposing team, it's, spectrum is second to none, guys, I'm telling you. And I've been in some of the greater – and in the Mountain West, I mean, Viejas is a great venue. The Pit in Albuquerque is a great venue. Um, but the spectrum, even though it's not as big as those facilities – just the aggressiveness with which their fans go after the opposing team when they're into the game, it, it's unmatched. And so you go get a win up there. That's why nobody will go play Utah State up there. Because even when they're better, when they have a better team, teams will come out of there with a loss because the home court advantage will mean that much to the Aggies up there. I don't know. They have the uh, Gosner Classic coming up with South Dakota State and CSU Bakersfield. I think that's going to be a challenge for the Aggies. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no. No, it is, it is a big December for sure. I want to acknowledge something that I think is interesting that we're kind of overlooking with the basketball season. Kyle Collinsworth has played and played well and played a lot of minutes thus far. I, I, yeah. I, just, I just rewound in my mind six months ago going, we, didn't, we thought Utah State was the opening game. Oh, we didn't know if Kyle Collinsworth was going to be able to play in Logan at all. Now he's pl- averaging 27 minutes, 11, 5, and 5. What, what, yeah, he- what a performance from Kyle in rehab to get back for this season. Yeah, unbelievable. And none of us will ever know how hard he had to work to get to that point yeah. in that short period of time. I mean, it's, you just don't 
magically come back because you've got good doctors and rehab people. You, you have to work like a dog. And when I'm talking about a dog, I'm not talking about my dog that lays on the carpet in the sun all day long. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like a sled dog up in Alaska in the Iditarod. So, so you got to work like that kind Mush. of dog to, to, to get back as fast as Kyle Collinsworth did. So a lot of credit has to go to him for his determination and, and his sticking to what they asked him to do. And he looks good. Not, you know, the thing that usually comes last when you're coming back from a knee injury is your lateral movement, your ability to push laterally. And as I watched him defend over in Maui, he looked fine, and he looked good again. And, and remember, he's playing back-to-back nights over there. And then he comes back and plays against Eastern Kentucky, and he looks fine. And so I, he's way ahead of where I thought he would be. I thought he would gradually make his way back, and by the time they played, by the time they opened up January at Santa Clara, I felt like, okay, January 1st is a good target for him to be 100%. Well, he looks 100% to me right now. That's amazing. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. Time to audible Omaha and talk college football. Uh, let's go back to last Saturday. BYU goes into Berkeley, keeps the Cal Bears, one of the prolific scoring offenses in the entire country, from a bowl game with a 42-35 win. There was this wild emotional celebration by Bronco Mendenhall and all of the BYU team. Why do you think, Blaine, that that win meant so much to BYU football this year? Yeah, if you don't think that there was pressure on that team to win that game, then you didn't watch the celebration after the game, right? I mean, there was no question, Bronco included, that they were feeling like they had to get a win. They, they, everybody says that they don't listen to what's going on on the outside, but that's a bunch of baloney. You, you know what's going on, and even though Bronco doesn't read the papers, his, his folks that are around him t- talk to him about what's going on, and, and he, they all know, that, and they know themselves they wanted to test themselves. They know that they played inferior competition the three previous weeks teams that they basically could have just lined up against and handed the ball off 60 times and won. And so, so this was the first opportunity against what was considered an elite offense in the country to see if all the things they thought they had fixed were really fixed. And it was a message to the fans that, hey, guess what, guys? They were fixed. We held, you know, we held a very, very prolific offense. <laughs> and I, when you say hold, holding Cal to 35 points is an accomplishment, guys. That's, that's yeah. a really good offense. That was my bold prediction. Um, <laughs> yeah. They would hold now, the 35. They, they did have 566 yards of total offense. And, and with BYU, they looked like the BYU that they need to be. And that is a BYU where you're playing a prolific offense. You, you try to keep things in front of you. You make the team. Cal had to run 101 plays to get those 566 yards, right? And, so, and BYU only ran 77 plays and had 540. So BYU averaged seven yards a play. Cal averaged only five yards of play, uh, and in the end, BYU made enough plays, especially in that last drive, to seal the victory. I love that Michael Davis, a young guy, makes a play on first down, and he makes a play on fourth down at the end of that game. And so, so I think there, there was a, the celebration was a combination of relief and vindication, like, okay, the things we've been working on for the last four weeks paid off, and it really did work. And we stopped. We didn't stop, but we slowed down a decent offense. And oh, by the way, every week for four straight weeks, Kristen Stewart's gotten nothing but better, and that offense has morphed around him to where now. You want to know what? I think this BYU offense can move the football and throw the football on anybody in the country now. And I know that Cal's not good defensively. I know they're horrible, but there's enough confidence now that that they go in and they play East Carolina or Cincinnati in this bowl game. I am very confident that BYU's going to move the football. 
Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation. You can watch him tonight on After Further Review, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time, live on BYU TV. I'm guessing you'll have uh, an upbeat conversation tonight, Blaine, so you have that to look forward to. You know what? These, these AFRs are a lot better when they win big games. It's easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier. True. AFR after California, greater than AFR after Savannah State. Yes, it is. And Savannah State, yes. Tell me about that. We couldn't even find stuff to talk about with Savannah State. That was so bad. I hated that. <laughs> it's like 40 minutes of just dead air. Real talk. Hey, yeah, Blaine, that's what it was. Great to have you with so. us. Uh, enjoy the basketball game tonight wherever you're watching it, and we'll, uh, we'll see you on AFR as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what you will BYU man. basketball's December record be? Eight games, five of them enormous. Send in your tweets using the hashtag BYUSN at Tiankum86 says 6-2. and two. Again, with losses to Gonzaga and Stanford or UMass. Okay. Stay with us. Sports. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. This is Radio Vision. What in the world does that mean? Well, we're on BYU Radio, Sirius XM Channel 143, simulcast each and every weekday on BYU TV. You can watch radio on the television. You can also watch TV on the TV. Mm -hmm. That's after further review on the TV tonight. Tuesday, that's today, 8 Eastern <laughs> on BYU TV. Tuesday. Watch AFR and then watch BYU basketball against Utah State. Yes. That's on CBS Sports Network, by the way. Where? And BYU Radio. That is correct. I love our Twitter followers. I asked what RSS means. I got two answers. You, you gave us one of them, which is really simple Because I totally just knew that at the top hey, of my RSS head. means according uh, to, let's hang on a sec. Let me, I got I to According to the this. internet. According to at Derek Zog. Rich site summary, but often also called, as you said, Jerem, really simple syndication. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Yeah, now yeah, BYU Sports yeah. Nation knows. Thank you, Derek Zog. You're probably wondering what the elevation difference is between Logan and Provo, because mm. that's going to be mm, the difference yeah. tonight. Yep. Uh, Provo is 17 feet higher what? than Logan, than Wolverine. Yeah, believe it. So BYU is way more conditioned for the elevation. <laughs> You have to figure those 17 feet will be at least a one-point advantage. Then the school school of agriculture and mining. Oh, my goodness. In theory, Aggies. That's ridiculous. Our Twitter question today, what What would BYU basketball's December record be? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Andrew G. Garrett, BYU's toughest December game is tonight. Ooh, don't agree. Because of, I'm guessing, the road environment. That the Blaine environment, Fowler yeah, just but, not, about. but not the other team they're playing. If they beat Utah State, they should go 8-0 and in December. Hold Gonzaga on, on, is on, ranked number 9 in the country. Blue oh, if BYU beats Utah State, they'll beat Gonzaga. BYU, I don't see that is connection. Is BYU beating Utah State on the road greater than beating Gonzaga at home? No. no not yet. No. no. Okay, look, it'd be a good win, but that's extreme, man. My, at, my brother. At Drew for BYU. 8-0. We proved we could ball with top teams in the country, like San Diego State. Oh, and we have a squad. Eight no, baby. That would love be, the optimism. That would be tremendous. I love the optimism. I don't need the blue goggles to love that optimism. Up next, the Kruger <laughs> Whip Around and more of your tweets. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. BYU basketball trivia time, Jerem. Mm-hmm. Leading shot blocker for BYU. Nate Austin? It is Nate Austin. No, it is not Nate Austin. Who is it? It is Corbin Kafusi. Oh, nice. Isaac Nielsen and Tyler Hawes all have four. Tyler Na- Naturally, Haas. Tyler Hawes. Tyler Hawes. <laughs> of course. Okay, next question before we do the Cougar Whip Round. 
who is the second leading rebounder, defensive rebounder on BYU basketball's team. Nate Austin is number one. Uh, let's go uh, Kyle Collinsworth. No, Anson Winder has the oh, second Anson most defense, Winder? defensive rebounds. Kyle Collinsworth is second in total rebounds mm. with 33. Okay, you know what time it is? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Tonight, BYU plays at Utah State on CBS Sports Network and BYU Radio, 9 Eastern time. Cougars in the association. Brandon Davies had eight points, two rebounds in 19 minutes. Davis! 76ers lost by six, only six to the Spurs it's basically a win, night. right? Jimmer Fredette and the Pelicans host the Thunder tonight. <laughs> Cougars in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers place former Cougar defensive lineman and former Dark Knight Rises actor Brett Kiesel. On the IR yesterday after an MRI confirmed Kiesel has a torn tricep. That's one of those baseball. That is a, a torn tricep. A torn tricep. Lifting too hard. Ugh. BYU baseball announcing that former Major League Baseball All-Star Jeff Kent nice. will be the keynote speaker for their annual first pitch fundraiser. Who was it last year? Jay Gus. That is right. Jeremy Guthrie. Jeremy Guthrie. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help! When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets the Rise and Shout today? Who deserves the rise and shout? Anson Winder. Yeah, he's because been he's bowling out, and BYU needs him to go next level. BYU needs a low post score to go next level. But Anson Winder is making the difference. BYU does not miss Matt Carlino because Chase Fisher and Anson Winder have elevated their games. Isn't that something? Thirteen for twenty-three. Even if, even if Carlino scored thirty-eight the other night, and then he goes four for thirteen the next night or whatever. Anson Winder is thirteen for twenty-three from the three-point line. That's good. I have that as outstanding. What will BYU basketball's December record be? A few tweets at Cox Web Dev. Luckily, most are at the Marriott Center. Still pretty daunting. Five wins good, six great, seven or eight would be amazing. By the way, after tonight, BYU will have gone to Logan more than Utah State's gone to Provo. Come to Provo! Thanks to Jeff Judkins, Blaine Fowler, and all our guests, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. We'll see you at the Spectrum. <laughs> We're going to the Spectrum tonight. A shout-out. Oh, who should we give a shout-out to? Eric Nielsen. Yeah!